This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Now it's time for Spiritual Learning with Priestess Lily. Welcome to my radio show, Priestess Lily, Sacred Heart Healer, Space Holder and Spiritual Life Coach. This radio show podcast I've created to help assist humanity rise the consciousness through connection, through holding space for thought-activating conversations with heart-centered leaders, wisdom keepers and divine human beings expanding into their authenticity and soul purpose which brings me to my beautiful guest today Heidi Tiffin. Heidi is a qualified educator, international coach and former international athlete and is very passionate about supporting people with their mental health and well-being. Her philosophy is about building compassionate relationship. It's about celebrating diversity and respecting that each other has their own unique story. She's created a safe space by showing care and kindness that allows individuals and groups to thrive, to express their creativity, innovation and self-expression. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you. This is probably one of the most heartfelt interviews that I've wanted to obviously do because you're my sister and I know your journey. Yeah. And I know that when you're so interconnected with not only your truth, but yourself, it is so much, it is so amazing to witness those that you care deeply expand into and flourish into their whole self. Well, it's uh, exciting to be here Um, and, you know, it's really cool seeing your own journey as well and and to be a part of it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really proud to sit here alongside you to talk about, you know, things that perhaps have always been challenging for me to talk about. Um, But, um, you know, I'm I'm ready to share a little bit more of myself with the world. and to, to have you to facilitate that and be my sister and, and you're my sister, um, you know, that's that I wouldn't want to ha- have it any other way. Thanks, sis. And I think that's it. Like, I just want to emphasize this. You know, I know that you're, when you're born into a family, you're born, you know, you can't pick your families. And yeah. some, our families at times are very, very challenging. But one thing that Heidi and I have always been true to is we've always been best friends. We've always supported each other. Our support for each other has never been born out of jealousy and um, competitive energy. It's been us from a real sense of gratitude and being proud. And I know that not many people can actually say that about their siblings. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly um, you know it's we we're quite different both of us, um, and we but yet you know we talk most days probably more than once or twice a day, and um, and our struggles have been similar at times, but just albeit in different areas um, of our passions and and but yeah, I mean I. I, I know that you've certainly had my back um, right from a young age and you've always been someone that's willing to, to step up and speak out and protect me, I suppose, in a, in a sense, um, being my older sibling uh, and someone that's probably a little bit more fiery than me. I just hold my fire in probably a little bit more than you. But, um, and, you know, we've certainly, we've, we've had our struggles too. It's just, wow. Yeah, so it's not like it's all bells and whistles, but... Um, I think we've been here to learn off each other and grow together and and support each other through um, the challenges that we face. And I've certainly felt that from you. Awesome. So let's get started. What would you like to share with the world today, like your story? Because I know your story has been, as your sister, it's been challenging to witness at times. So what would you like to share? Well, I suppose, you know, for me, when I... um, what I've learned, I suppose it's a lot around what I've, what I've learned and, and, uh, and the, and the experiences that I've had, I've learned about myself, but I've learned about the world and I've learned about relationships and I've learned about, um, lots of different things. And, you know, my encouragement for people, um, who might be listening to this is, um, you know, that, that you're okay and that you're okay to be not okay sometimes. And, um, that's been a bit of a hard, um, thing for me to, grapple with at times because you know I've always wanted to um you know show the world that I am okay um that nothing phases me um and sometimes living into that identity can be um you know really tough um so a little bit about my journey um and and what I've learned along the way and what I'm continue to learn I certainly am not a finished product and I don't even will be Uh, and again that's something that I think um you know, for the listeners out there is is understanding that we're not, you know, heading to a destination where when we get there, it's all going to be great. Um, it's a constant involvement of, uh, you know, learning learning to love yourself and, and, and love yourself through the challenges um, and, and getting to know yourself. So again, my encouragement, I suppose, is to for people to, to have the courage to bring more of themselves to the world. Um, yeah, and that, and like being me, you know, and, and working out, you know, the parts of me that I, um, you know, have struggled with and and wanted to push down and are ashamed of, you know, they they have a, a voice and it, that needs to be heard as well. Um, and, you know, it'll be a constant um, reminder throughout life that there are parts of us that, that, that need to, that want to come out and, and to be a part of the world too. So... Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's really important what you just shared, you know, pushing down yourself and really um, not owning what you know to be true, the parts that might not fit in society. And especially for you and the roles that you've played as obviously um, professional cricket player, teacher, co- professional international coach. How did you... How did you find that balance of owning you in in a society structure where some of that might not have actually been 
um oh look it was a constant challenge to be honest um and at times you know moving forward I'm not going to say it's you know going to be easy for me moving forward either um or for people moving forward but um you know my journey started I, I knew from a very young age if I go back to probably my childhood a little bit I knew from a very young age it was different I didn't know you know I thought I was you know being me I, I naturally when I um, gravitated towards the things that I um, really loved and wanted to play with right from a young age they weren't necessarily structured in a, a, a female you know the gender identity that that um, we often push towards our kids so you know I gravitated towards the trucks and the um, the gum boots and the, the rugby balls and things like that um, and you were very different you were you know a lot more of the traditional yeah yeah exactly um you used to cut the hero yeah yeah that's right <laughs> so and I suppose for me when I started to perhaps and, and my our parents were very good at allowing that to happen so it wasn't that um I wasn't allowed to play with trucks and that I suppose through my experiences of playing with other kids you know, and maybe some of the messages um, that were coming um, from the external uh, was um, that maybe that that's not necessarily what girls do. Um, so, yeah, I, that's the first. And I, was, I thought, well, whoa, I just I really love these things. Um, so the confusion perhaps started at a, at a young age and those parts of me started to mould a little bit around when I can be me and when I can't. Um, so... You know, um, yeah, and, and of course, back in the early 80s, and well, I, I was a 79er baby, but growing up through those childhood, early childhood days, you know, the early 80s, um, you know, things, things weren't as, well, they certainly weren't like they were today. We were challenging a lot of those, um, those norms. Um, so and we really much grew up in, let's just be really clear, a rural farming community. Yeah. Small town. Um, yeah. Which, you know, didn't have, you just wanted, everyone knew everyone, and you just needed to fit in. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone sort of knew each other's, you know, families. And, I mean, it was such a great experience growing up too because, you know, in some ways the freedom that we had as children was just so great. You know, mum would be like, right, see you later, Come, make sure you're home for dinner and, you know, and she probably didn't necessarily know exactly where we were, but we were going to be looked after by wherever we were going to be with a group of friends and stuff. So there was a lot, lot of um, amazing aspects of um, our childhood too, and growing up in the country school, being small and and mm. all of that. So um, yeah, it's um, but they were they were I, I, very sensitive. I was a very very sensitive child um, and very very shy. And I suppose, you know, having you as my sister, I probably hid behind that, um, you know, your role as the older sibling, probably a lot more um, adventurous than me uh, as a kid. Um, and I sort of hid behind that. Um, and I was I was quite super sensitive. Um, and even the sensitivity was often seen as a as as a negative as well um, as a child. Um, and even in today's age we, we we're uh we're certainly a lot more open to 
being brave and talking about sensitivity, sense, being sensitive and it not seeing to be as, a, as a, a thing to be ashamed of or weak, it's actually that you're quite in touch with your feelings and you've, it's about where you can actually listen to those feelings um, because they, you know, our feelings are there to communicate with us all the time. Um, so it's not collapsing into the feelings um, where we, we're scared and we're frightened to do things. It's ensuring that, oh, what does this feeling need? So that, that's something that I've had to learn to, to be with, um, certainly in my adult life, uh, and explore a lot more. But from a child, you know, from a young child, I mean, we grew up right beside the school and, and I really struggled to go to school. And mum had to come with me for a, uh, and take me there. So there was a lot of real sort of um, worries and scared, being scared and being very, very sensitive around that. And I know for mum and dad, that would have been hard at times to uh, be a parent, is going, having a kid that is quite sensitive. So when, I'm, when I think about what sport, if we go back to your original question, what sport is actually, um, you know, presented with me was an opportunity. It, it was an, a, a, uh, an environment or a, a vehicle where I could express myself sort of in a bit more of a freer way. Um, and I, I suppose, you know, I didn't necessarily know I was good at sport. I knew I loved it from a young age. You know, when we were out in the country school primary, you know, we would go out for sport. I loved it. And, um, and I, what I did notice, though, is... Um, because I showed these natural skills and this sort of ability across all sports, really, not just cricket, wow. but across all sports, um, kids liked me and they wanted me to be on the team and they wanted to be around me. Um, so then I then that's where that attachment starts coming in. Oh, I'm good at this, and that that now I'm going to be liked, you know, and then. Um, and knowing I was different, knowing that maybe at an early age, um, and certainly through my teenage years, I knew I was uh, different from in my sexuality as well. Um, and really wanting to hide that. Holy moly, did I want to push that down? Um, I remember. So, I remember Mum having a conversation with you about um, you going for head girl because Heidi was yeah. head girl of Timaru Girls High, and I remember Mum. We had a conversation and I remember this so clearly, mum saying, you do realise you need to actually say speeches, Haiti. Like yeah. you actually yeah. don't have to do speeches. And I think that was a real, of for me, watching you in that time, um, when obviously you got to be head girl and you had just started representing, you were in the early stages of representing New Zealand, like under 18 New Zealand cricket. That was like yeah, and this blossoming. Just, that was like this truly, this opening yeah. of you really starting to own your voice. You might not have been fully embodied yet, but it was a real massive awakening yeah. of some barriers for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, when I look back, um, and I, like I said, when I started thinking, oh, God, I'm good at sport and, and people like me, I'm going to keep being good at sport. Um, and again, it's not that's the reason why I absolutely love sport and played everything. Um, and sport gave me, once I, you know, um, started going on tournaments and being around, I really loved the environment and it built up my confidence. Um, so sport was a, a really positive um, experience for me from a, a self-esteem um, 
and growing of the confidence. And then, yeah, when, when um, you know, I at school, I, I did relatively well at school. Um, she was academically, I wouldn't say I was, certainly wasn't, you know, wasn't top in the class or anything, but I, I was pretty average. I did pretty solid, um, but obviously excelled in, in subjects like PE and health and, uh, and that so um so when yeah when they're going for head girl of course I, I I there was that part of me that's like yes I do want to be a leader I did I did captain um some of the sports teams throughout that um my high school years um so I had this sort of natural leadership too I suppose that people saw in me and then but then yeah head girl and then having to stand up in front of the whole school uh to speak um gee, did I pack my pants? And I remember having to, to speak in front of the, the teachers. The teachers voted as well as the students voted. So you had to do two, two speeches there. And um, that was, it was a key moment because it, it enabled me to use my voice a lot more uh, and to speak, um, you know, and, and I, again, it helped me grow uh, my confidence. But sport certainly was the kickstart of that. Um, and, and being around great people that just wanted to work hard towards a goal, I mean, I, I was through all my high school teams that I played with. They were great, great teams, great coaches, great bunch of girls that I played with. Um, and we're all very different, all very different. But yet you come together um, in a common purpose and uh, you, you have to learn the skills of working together and working with different range, range of people and communicating and all of that. So that was a, a, certainly the start of my development of my leadership as well. And so then fast forward leaving school and, you know, being energetically out there in the cricket world as a player mm -hmm. and also as a coach, how was that around your identity and you actually being you? Yeah, well... <laughs> You know, I was, I was, um, I had quite a quick rise into the ranks. I, I didn't actually start playing competitive sport till I was 14. Um, and then I was playing cricket for New Zealand at 19. And hockey, I had to choose between hockey as well because I was quite good at, at, at hockey. Um, so, yeah, I think sport, and, and again, this is a conversation we need to have um, as a country with regards to our sport uh, and, and our professional sports people. And, what I'm starting to see now is there's more and more um, talk and support around athlete mental and mental well-being, um, and that that needs to happen. It really does. Um, it's 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 a challenging environment at times to be in um, because you are put on this pedestal. You are New Zealand athletes, and you have to behave a certain way, and you have to, you know, um, and and again, it's not that you. Um, uh, people don't want to live into that. It's just that it, there are challenges that that come with that as well. So I was incredibly lucky when I played first played for New Zealand. I had a, it was a wonderful start to my career. Um, we played Australia and we won the Rose Bowl and we 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 haven't won the Rose Bowl for a long hadn't won it for a long time and that was the last time we actually beat Australia for the Rose Bowl, which is like the Bledisloe Cup, the Australia v um New Zealand trophy and it's for women's women's cricket uh, and it's called the Rose Bowl and we haven't we haven't actually won it since um that that was my um my first experience of the Rose Bowl um and 
we beat them. And it was such a, an amazing start to the career. And I was playing with absolute legends of the game, Debbie Hockley, Katrina Keenan or Katrina Withers, Catherine Campbell, um, Emily Drum. Like you, you, you're these women that have played for a long time. Um, and they just took me under my, uh, their wing and they supported me. I had amazing senior leaders in that team that really helped um, my cricket and, and allowed me to just go out and play. Um, so there was that aspect where it was a great start. And then we went on to win the World Cup. Wow, you know, I'm 21 years or 20 years old. I only just started playing cricket for New Zealand and, and we won the World Cup. And, um, and that was in the year 2000. And um, just such a famous victory for us. And I'll never forget that day. You know, we worked incredibly hard. You know, amateurs um, or full-time workers or studying. And, you know, for the likes of Debbie Hockley and Catherine Campbell, that, that was, uh, you know, their, their swan song, that, you know, their last uh, roll at the dice of trying to win a World Cup. And, but the, the training, um, the mentality, the, the support, the, the drive, um, we worked incredibly hard, incredibly fit team at that time, um, and there was no stone unturned. And we had great support around us. So, you know, I had a really good introduction into um, international cricket. Um, you know, albeit we weren't getting paid, but man, were we professional in the sense of the word. Um, so, yeah, you know, you, you start your international career as a youngster and you, you, you've won these two major titles. And um, throughout the, my career for the rest of the time, I, we, I never won those titles again. Um, and it was hard, you know, that was really hard because you've experienced what it felt like and you know the recipe um, to get there because um, you've experienced it. So, um, it, yeah, it was quite, it, you know, it was it was a, a challenge that I continually wanted to get to again, but it wasn't meant to be. Um, we made a, I captained in 2009, that was my final year of playing for New Zealand and, and I captained us to a, a World Cup final and we lost to England but um, you know I, I wouldn't change anything you know cricket wise in my career playing wise you know it was uh, but what I've learned is just invaluable um, and I look back um, so the identity yeah really hard because you we are put on a pedestal as athletes to live into something but and, and and really the bigger one of the biggest thing is you you just harden up you've got to toughen up you can't show any weakness um and we did get some mental uh psych sports psychology support with Gilbert Anoka at that, those early days of my career um and that helped but I I wouldn't necessarily say I was overly um I got it I got it but overly open to speaking about some of my struggles I did early on after uh, you know after the year 2000 and, and I was going through some struggles myself so I got some support um and it was helpful but it, it it was really like oh no you don't don't talk about it. it's all in the privacy you have to deal with things behind closed doors or just suck it up and move on which can be challenging and you've got to remember that you're representing a country New Zealand, you know, he's got silver fern. So the media is scrutinising everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and more so more so these days, there's a lot more. Um, I mean, there was some, when we won the World Cup, there definitely was some media coverage and stuff, and it was very positive. And, um, and that can be a challenge within itself, the media scrutiny, because sometimes they're just seeing it from their perspective and they're wanting a story. 
Um, and, and sometimes you don't necessarily want to go out and spill your, you know, everything about what's going on because that, that, that doesn't need to be um, aired in public. Um, you know, some things are just, just don't, don't need to be out in the media. There are things that you need to protect. And, uh, but what, what I am liking to seeing now is there's more and more talk around um, for athletes, uh, and we're seeing more athletes speak about their mental um, well-being. And that's important because they're human as well. <laughs> and, you know, they, they have feelings and emotions and struggles and relationship struggles and lots of different struggles that go on. Um, and then they need, they need that support. And when they get that support um, and structures around them, you know, then they can go out uh, a little bit freer um, to be able to express themselves on the field. And, I, and as a coach, I was very big on that. I really wanted to create the support there for, because I knew, I knew as a player, um, the struggles that I went through and the support that perhaps I, I needed to seek a little bit more um, and, and provided that for the players when I, I coached. And look, not everyone was open to it. And you go, sometimes you've got to get there in your own time. But um, for me, playing at that top level, 100%, it is, it is supporting your mental and emotional well-being that will help you perform on the park. Um, it's got to be treated like, a, you know, the, the, the practice and the um, support we put into our physical side, the, the, the weights and the training and the fitness and the technical aspects uh, of your batting and, and or whatever sport you play, there needs to be also the emphasis on the the emotional and, and uh, mental aspect because the delivery behind the skill always comes from the emotional, physical uh, and, and mental state. Um, so if you're struggling with stuff, you know, you might grip that back tighter and not be as relaxed. If your mind and, and your emotions, um, you know, you are weighing on you, that can affect the way that you perform. So as a coach, I, I knew wholeheartedly that that was an area that needed to be supported um, in our, with, our, with our athletes. So right now, obviously you're facing your own individual challenges. Or, mm -hmm. And so I know that you have so many skills that you are wanting to birth and recreate into the world. Tell us about what it is that you're wanting to co-create. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, recently, I've had my own struggles with um, with uh, the mandates and, and um, losing my job as a teacher, which I absolutely love. I love working with young people. Um, so that, that in itself had been a real struggle for me to um, navigate. Um, so that, that body sovereignty is important. As an athlete, I always question what I put in my body. And, um, and uh, yeah, so I, I felt that that, that, was a, that for me was a very, very challenging time. Um, but what's that? You know, obviously losing my job, I've had to look at other areas that I um, can use in my skills. So I definitely want to work with young people um athletes and, and and young teenagers in particular around um how to help support them to bring more of themselves into the world it is a really tough time in their life it is often where we're 
we're um, knitting together what we think, who we think we are. We're exploring things a little bit more around our identity. We're, we're, you know, um, we, we're hiding parts of us, or we're wanting to express parts of us. Um, so it is. It's a really, it's a really challenging time. Um, so I want to support our, our young people with that. Um, and and my, what my uh, is what it's called is being me, teaching them to bring more of themselves to the world. Um, and working alongside parents and, and coaches that might be supporting our young people, how can they then support them, you know, how they can talk to them when they're going through those struggles. And it all comes down to learning to get connected to self, your feelings, um, not just always coming from the mind, you know, what our mind is very busy uh, and, it can, and it can lead us, it can trick us about who we think we are. Um, especially when we're starting to, you know, often a lot of us have the cr critical aspect of us that so we, we're really um, critiquing ourselves, we're self-critical. Um, but if we can drop down into our feelings a little bit more, they, they really have so much to communicate to us. And they, there's a need there. There are needs. And when we can understand what those needs are, we can best support ourselves in moving forward, using our mind to help them help make some good decisions around um, what the needs are and how to how to support ourselves with the struggles that we're going through. Um, yeah, so, um, and that's something, a constant reminder for me. Um, I'm training to be a partial therapist, which is all about um, going into the feeling. And, and for me, the more I'm comfortable within myself, uh, I can certainly hold that space and energy for others to uh, be themselves too. Um, yeah, so, you know, that, that's sort of what I'm wanting to, to uh, bring to the world um, and provide that service and use my skills and my experiences to help support people. So those parents that are listening to this, because there'll be a lot of parents listening to this right now that have um, children, teenagers that are navigating this new world that we're currently being, um, I want to say, challenged with challenged with with wearing with wearing masks with anxiety mm. with behaviors that they've probably never experienced before with um because let's be clear about you know mental health right now in this country is that is at an all-time high and this is the conversation that i think sometimes as parents we don't initially see it within our own children because we can't see it within ourselves yeah so those parents that are coping, just coping with their, yeah. keeping their business afloat. Yeah. Am I every day, what level are we in? Everyday stuff. Yeah. To how do I reconnect to my child? There's something going on here. I'm not bloody sure what the hell it is. What would you say to those parents right now that are really drowning? Just like 99.9% yeah. .9 like cat. Well, the first thing is not to be too hard on, themselves I mean that, that's the, the hard thing is the constant change and the constant adaptation that we're needing in this world today is, is, a, is a challenge in itself and as parents you know how to lead our young people through that is ultimately blimmin tough um, but the first thing is to ensure that you're not too hard on yourself you know that's the number one thing is there, there'll be feelings that come up for, for parents as well thinking oh I'm not doing this right and I'm not doing that and it's like just taking a breath, 
and and actually somehow in your day finding a little moment for yourself to connect and that's the key it's to connect to your own heart your own feelings um because often we put those aside for others and um, the more that we can connect into ourselves our our children uh, our teenagers and young people feel that anyway they feel the energy um and they know they can you know they they know when they can snuff out BS just like you can at times so connecting right into you know yourself not being too hard on yourself um and then most teenagers just want to be heard and validated and they need space for that and um that's the challenge I think for parents is trying to find space for themselves but then providing space to hear the young ones um you know, throughout my time as being a dean and, and having young people, teenagers come in and, and just wanting to talk, but ultimately they just want to talk. They just want to let it out. Um, and, and energy and feelings, they need to, they move. They need to move through us. And when they get stuck, that's when we can ruminate. Um, so we need to provide the space for it to, to flow and come out. And that that's hard. And, parent, you know, the hard thing for um, teenagers is they don't want to let their parents down. And that's where they hide aspects of themselves and they can maybe tell little fibs here and there because they don't want you to know. They think you're the, they want, they often think, and, and as adults, we struggle that with that too, even with our own parents and we're adults. We don't want to disappoint our parents. So I think that- well, this Hasn't that been our conversation for the last- Yeah. Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, we all ultimately still have young, our, our child in us that wants to please. And- you know, when you as a parent reflect on your relationship with your parents and when you see them and, and you know, at times it can be hard because you, you still have that child in you that wants to please your parents. So rem remind yourself of that too, that there will be an aspect of your kid that, that you know, that wants to please and, and, and doesn't want to disappoint you and think that what their truth is will disappoint you. Um, and that that's the the part where we want to create that real safe place for our team our, our parent uh, sorry our kids and that can be quite hard too because then whatever they're telling us we have we have an emotion around that and we might be disappointed who knows you don't know how you're going to feel when something's revealed to you uh, that they might be scared but you can sense it trust your intuition you know if your kid is not right uh, doesn't feel something doesn't feel right really trust that and somehow provide that space um, and it might not be you that provides the space it might be that they need to go and speak to someone and be okay with that whatever your you know if you um, your kid needs to speak to someone that's not you um, you know uh, allow so allow that to happen too you know just really listen to what the, the need is and listen to the words behind the Sorry, listen to the energy behind the words because they'll be yelling at you, telling you that oh, I don't like you, you, rah, rah, rah. you know, we've all, we've all told our parents, you know, we've projected a lot of our emotion onto them. You don't understand you, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. Listen to the energy behind it. And often it is that they're scared, they're frightened, they're ashamed, you know, there, there's something else. So that's what my advice would be is trying to feel the energy behind what, what's really going on because um, when we project back on them you know that that's just gonna 
escalate it. Yeah, and it's going to cause the division a little bit more. Um, love, hold, you know, grab them and hold them. Tell them that you love them, no matter what. Mm. Um, and and that, that's the challenge parents is the no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting because yeah. as you were speaking, like, obviously my journey, obviously I had my gift at a very young age and my journey was I couldn't speak it because of a number of different reasons. You know, that's something that for me, I'm really conscious of that for Thomas yeah I'm really conscious of that for Thomas that we have open conversations about angels about feelings about whatever crystals whatever it is that he needs to talk about and that's something that for me I've been really open with the school system yeah that if for him, this is part of him. This is part of him being him. And this is part of him that they don't have to understand. They just need to allow him to be that part. That They need to allow, allow him to express that part. Yeah. And I think for many of his teachers in the past tense, that has actually been very, very challenging. Yeah. And it, and it will be because sometimes we don't necessarily understand. You know, we've got our, each individual in the world has their own, you know, we've, we've, our own stuff. We've been brought up in different households and different cultures and different and we can project a lot of that onto you know judgment of other people um you know and and our, the big thing for me is around the battle of the mind and the heart and then what's in between the mind and the heart is the voice you know and that's where we get blocked because our mind is going oh no push that down and our feelings are wanting to come up and things get stuck you know and and that's where our mind will go don't don't speak up, don't speak up. And our, our feelings are going, oh, I need to get this out. You know, and 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 so the more that we can get these two working together, um, and that that takes time and it's going to continually being a challenge. And often it is pausing mm-hmm. and giving yourself some space to be able to feel and to see what your thoughts are. You know, what is your pro- predominant voice in your mind? Um, for me, very critical very, very critical, you're not good enough, blah, 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 you know, and and um, we all, it doesn't mean our thoughts are who we are, but yet we believe that our thoughts are who we are, so often with teachers, you know, everyone has those, not just teachers, everyone has those challenges, um, the bad, you know, the ego and, and you know, who we are this at, at a bit of a soul level, um, you know, we're more, we're more than our, what we do, you know, we're more than than some of these identity things that our society like putting on us, mm-hmm. you know. We're more than that. I'm not, and for me, one of my challenges was, Haiti, you're the athlete. And that's great. I loved that. You know, my ego lapped that up. I absolutely loved it, you know, and it, and it helped me be liked and all of that. And um, But there was more to me. Mm-hmm. There's not just Haiti, the athlete. You know, there's Haiti, a lot of other things, you know, and... Um, yeah, so it's just allowing ourselves to explore some of these other parts of us as well. Um, yeah, so we, it's a constant battle. It's giving ourselves permission. Yes, to be yeah. ourselves, yeah. To be ourselves. And I think, you know, what you're wanting to co-create, um, being you, has so much power. It's so potent because, you know, when you were talking at the start, we always think we're going to a destination. But the fact yeah. of the matter is we are the destination. Yeah. We are actually the destination. 
this whole journey called life is actually not about the money getting the somewhere not about the asset yeah. not about yeah you know the materialistic things it's our identity our labels it's actually learning about who we are yeah as we are the purpose we are the destination yeah. we are our embodied piece of work yeah I think I always think that like it's about you know the biggest purpose for me is like to get to know myself and I can experience these part you know learning about myself through these experiences that I have in um in life um and the challenges that we've we're faced with um you know and and the judgments you know that can come back and the worry you know I was yeah even just speaking out about the the mandates for me I was like my goodness am I going to do this I'm going to be labeled a b c d e f g and it's like do I actually want that it's like well part of it is like I, I need to step forward you know I need to step uh -huh. forward and use my voice and um so so that the, uh, other people can step forward as well and it's like this conversation can be had where we just we're just trying to understand each other a little bit more um and I think and it's, it's a big challenge it's a big challenge moving forward and a lot of healing needs to be done a lot of healing there's a lot of trust that's been broken and um a lot of trauma and a lot of trauma and and a lot what we're facing today can take us back to traumas that we've had we've experienced um as children the feelings are the same you know for me the discrimination that i feel today based on the you know um what we're what environment we're in at the moment um takes me back to the discrimination I felt as a child and in different situations but the feeling is the same mm -hmm. and that's what we've got to understand the feeling is the same you know feeling excluded and you know not a nice person and not worthy and not valued and all of those things and then that can uh get you in a position or place of being stuck again mm -hmm. I have to I can't be I can't I can't say this anymore. I have to hold hold that there. I have to push that back down. So for me, that was a like I need to step forward here, um, because you know that I've healed. I've healed, I've done a little bit of healing around that discrimination. There's certainly a lot more to be done, but part of the healing is to step forward and go. Let's have a conversation. Are these about these mandates? Um, the direction we were going as a country. Let's have a conversation. Um, I, think, I think that's really important because you know so many people are passing judgment and labeling people yeah when really it's easy to put a label on someone and go you're this you're that than actually looking within my own heart and and actually doing my piece of work it's so easy right now yeah to go oh well that's okay because she's just that that's okay yeah. because you know da 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 because that keeps me safer and I don't actually have to look at myself when yeah. really you actually know the core values of those people, all of a sudden you're not you're not actually wanting to be curious, yeah, to actually learn more from them or hold space and have a deeper conversation. And it's easier, you know, just to label, shame, judge. Yeah, then then to look at yourself. Your yeah, yeah, like every it doesn't matter even even if it wasn't the situation when when you're faced with something that triggers you as a, from a feeling there's some learning there mm -hmm. you know and often we vomit back we we, we go Bleh. well you're this this and this rather than going oh what what does this mean for me what why have I got this feeling 
what are they what is this person teaching me about me you know going inward I mean life is an inward job it's yeah. about winning is an inward job if we put it in a context I always I, I talked about that as a coach winning is an inside job when we get inside and we understand ourselves more we can step out and experience uh, express ourselves a bit more freely it's an inside job when whatever we're faced with wherever there's an emotion that comes up that triggers oh that made me pissed off or oh I don't like that you know that person has made me feel this you've got the feeling own the feeling take responsibility of the feeling and understand go into be curious about what the feeling is teaching you or trying to show you or to communicate to you and often that's where we don't want to go yeah we don't want to sit still I struggle with it myself in sitting still in your feelings is blimmin uncomfortable shit yes and this is interesting (laughs) because you know I've been saying for the last two years if we all got to know who we really were who we really are we would not be in this space right now as humanity we would not be in this turmoil in this disconnected space because we would be comfortable to have the really really tough conversation this country is facing right now and the world but because we don't know who we are and what we stand for and what we are participating in or you know not participating in and allowing to be co-created and you know almost like rose-colored glasses the blinkers on um we we aren't showing up we're not yeah. we're not showing up for each other we're not holding space for really really deep healing and deeper conversations yeah. and things that can actually evolve and the ripple effect just be phenomenal in the collective and I've always said when one woman stand when one woman moves forward when one woman stands in her absolute sovereignty and power she creates space for another woman to stand absolutely and then the yeah. ripple effect and another person to have a um, conversation and another person to stand behind her and this is why it's so important right now for us as humanity to become comfortable with our feelings in order for us to speak yeah and that is where we will find the greatest strength in our own selves and the greatest strength in our own healing yeah and it I think we've we've been so scared to feel uh, because we've taught that feelings you know oh you're either women are either dramatic and too emotional and men you know you can't show any emotion you've just got to be all you know I'm all good especially the Kiwi bloke and it's great to see so many more Kiwi blokes stepping forward um but you know when we're sitting in our feelings and it's it is uncomfortable you know and that's where we reach for things you know why we have um addictions you know we reach for the the cell phone to distract us from the feeling. We reach for the glass of wine to distract us and numb the feeling, the drugs, the Chocolate. whatever it is, you know. And, and when we can catch ourselves, now I have to, this is a battle for me day, on a daily basis. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect because I have that too, um, where I want to I want to distract myself. I don't want to feel um, because it's, it's painful. Um, and, you know, we're designed to protect ourselves from those that pain. So it's, again, that's where, you know, parents don't be too hard on yourself or people out there don't be too hard on yourselves. It's trying to catch yourself when you're in those moments and going, oh, what am I trying to distract myself here from? Try and sit still and get, catch your breath, take a deep breath and try and go inward a wee bit more. Um, because again, this is the, the biggest battle. I mean, you know, if I go back to our teenagers, they're, they're faced with a lot, a lot of things thrown at them these days. Um, you know, and our cell phones and our social media it can be really challenging. Um, 
Yeah, they're a lot more connected, yeah. connected than you know you and I ever were. Yeah, and a lot of things, absolutely. And a lot more aware. The more yeah. you know, our children are emotionally more aware and um, spiritually more aware than we ever were at their yeah. age. When you, and, and when you look at kids, you know, when they're up to about the age of seven or eight and their, their little ego is starting to develop, kids are really honest. Oh, you know, yeah. they are yeah. absolutely honest. They tell you what they're thinking and feeling. You know, they, they haven't sort of developed that, um, you know, that, that um, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. And then they get taught that, oh, you're not allowed to say that, you're not allowed to. We're not born hating. This is the thing. We are taught that. We're taught that that person, we've got to be scared of that person and that person and that person over there, rather than going, well, humanity. You know, what I experienced when I went up to the protest was a cacophony of different diversity people all cohabitating together in harmony. You know, you have got something from people from a wide range of backgrounds, experiences, um, challenges, ethnic groups, religious um, groups, um, different, you know, gender identity, sexuality, you name it. it. It was a cacophony of, you know, beauty, really. And they're all living in harmony. And for me, we that is possible. That is absolutely possible because what put what holds that together was love and peace. You know, people that just ultimately want love and peace. And yes, they had a, a very clear defined purpose around being there for freedom and anti-mandates. But when coming together for a purpose of, you know, we just want love and peace, you know, um, I, I saw how beautiful humanity is. And, and that's our challenge, you know. You know, we, we've got friendships and families breaking up. And, um, and when we're faced... When, no matter what, again, if we go, not just what this current climate is, but when we've, we're up, at, we've, we're look, talking to someone and we're faced with something that might challenge us, our belief or whatever it might be, there's some learning there for ourselves, taking responsibility for our own, okay, what does that mean, being curious? And I don't think we're as curious at times because we don't like the feelings at times that, that come up when we are faced with, something that we may you know be challenged with and then we reach for those things like I said so that's the support we do have a big mental health crisis here in New Zealand um, and and if we can go back to trying to learn and listen and to our feelings and listen to each other's feelings again what's behind the words what's the emotions and feeling what are they really trying to communicate to me it might be they're hurt they're scared they're ashamed whatever it is um, and what they need, they just need love, support, reassurance. You know, there, there's, there are things that, um, again, I suppose I encourage people to just look a little bit deeper around some things. Mm. Righto. Do you have any final words, sis, before we do our three sacred shares? Uh, well, any words of wisdom? Have courage. Trust your intuition. Trust this. You know, when something doesn't feel right, inquire, why does it not feel right? Sit with it. What is it trying to teach me? Because there's a, there's a lot of things in our world that don't feel right. Um, and we don't trust that feeling. And then we go against the intuition and then we beat ourselves up because then we go, oh, that I actually felt that that was right. 
and then we beat ourselves up and we chip away at our own integrity of our own feelings so yeah trust be be courageous be kind and i mean God, be kind that sort of statement so but it is ultimately we are loving beings you know be yeah. be loving towards yeah. yourself first and foremost and then spread that amongst others totally so three sacred shares what would you tell your five-year-old self if you could go back i'm curious about this question um you you're okay you i'd say haiti you i love you you you're you you don't need to prove and be someone else be you um you know that it's going to be okay uh just yeah it, it, it really is I'd, I'd hold her she she was scared and frightened um I'd give her a big hug and I'd say that she's okay she's okay just as she is she's a beautiful wee uh wee girl just as she is you know um and that that yeah that she's loved very powerful what would you change in the current collective? Um, yeah, that's, that's quite a tough question because... Um, Everything needs changed. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going through an awakening as a humanity anyway. So um, it's needed that, you know, what, even though it's uncomfortable, it's horrible, we're, we're needing to break down some of our old ways and systems to be able to create something new to come forward that's going to be more beautiful and more healing and um inclusive yeah and inclusive yeah um you know it, it it's it's uh yeah it, it's bringing forward a bit more of that love and that um yeah diversity yeah it's uh i don't think there's anything to necessarily to change because it's happening how it's meant to happen we've got to trust i think it's about just trying to trust and letting go um you know our ego likes to control uh and I, I find this quite a challenge at times myself um you know because when you've grown up a sensitive kid you love controlling things controlling what people think of you and all that and that's why you, you're not yourself because you're trying to control and be everything else it becomes very hard and scattered so it is learning to let go a little bit and trust and, and um, yeah, I think for me, I would love more people to connect in with and, and um, to know that they are, we're, we're spiritual beings having, having a human experience and to, to really go inward on that. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens over the next wee while, but it's to bring forward more of our, our natural self, loving, caring, keep remembering that part of us when we are challenged have compassion and empathy and that can be blooming hard um hold the judgments explore the judgments for yourself what why what does this mean for me and then um yeah learn to listen and be more still listen you know listen to understand not to respond listen listen again blooming hard for me yeah, to do that. and that was the card that we literally pulled, which was, was. here's pulled wide open, 
yeah yeah I was like I have to shut my mouth and let Heidi speak um what um last question what do you do for a sacred practice for self um again this is something that I um you know it can be a challenge for me as well but I love being in nature I absolutely love being in nature I'm an earth sign I'm a Virgo um and being grounded going to the beach uh being in nature everywhere I've traveled I've enjoyed more being out in nature and looking at things as opposed to being in the big cities and the hustle and bustle um I I love that too don't get me wrong but um you know being out in nature a lot more is I just am absolutely gobsmacked by the beauty we have in this world um and in our own backyard is amazing so nature I definitely try and be still um that's a, a, a challenge for me um at times I you know um so I try and sit with me and and feel um what the hell's going on for me um that would be my two biggest things um you know yeah and at times I can be quite routine and I, and I can, I've got to challenge myself around some of the routine because if, you know, that can, that, that can, uh, yeah, you can be almost too routine where you, then you judge yourself if you don't do it. So I'm aware of those things too, but nature hundred percent being and being still. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Mine's cooking. Oh yeah. Well, I love cooking too, actually. Yeah. I, there's something, I mean, that's, uh, that's in our DNA really. Um, doesn't stress me coming home from work after school I you know and I'd, I'd had a busy day getting in the kitchen and chopping vegetables and stuff is very therapeutic for me uh-huh. stress other people out but I loved it yeah I absolutely love that creation yeah same with me so sis um how do people connect with you the parents that are listening that think that you might be the person that they want to reach out to to learn more about how to help their own children to be more of their true authentic self or parents that are thinking shit I need to connect with this woman how do they find you um if you can you can go on to Trey Wellness um and it's treywellness.com I think um and on there there is a being me uh you can connect um to me uh, I've got a booking system there and a little bit about myself. Um, yeah, and what being me is about. So uh, Trey Wellness, T-R-A-Y, uh, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. If you Google that or .com, you type that in, um, you'll find me on there. Um, yeah, so I'd love to support anyone that needs that support. Awesome. So I just want to say thank you so much, Haiti, for sharing. I have harped at you for quite some time to come on and do this um, podcast, radio show. And and, and I've had resistance. And you've had resistance and I've just been hanging. <laughs> and I just want to say, so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your knowing, your story, the parts of yourself that you've probably been quite scared to show up and share. Yeah. Um, I'm extremely proud of you and I want you to know that I absolutely love you, Bill. Thank you. I love you too.